It would take me five years to get to where my brother is. We're just fortunate enough that we are Tote Projects and I think we make it what it is and, and fortunate to have each other. And I think that's what makes Tote Projects really good. It's us. Let's just say, obviously, not everyone out there has a brother yeah. or a partner because it's hard to find a partner which yeah. you think is going to give a fuck about the business. Yeah. We spoke about it earlier and it comes, unfortunately, we don't speak about money a lot, but it's sacrificing your own little bit of money at the start. Builders are running multi-million dollar businesses. Any other corporation that's turning over three to five million dollars worth of money has five, six people employed in the organization. So if you have one person running a large corporate organization, it's not gonna work. If my brother didn't have me, I'd be recommending him he hired somebody. Welcome to the first episode of The Real Estate Show. We have created this show to speak with the great minds and the great innovators in the real estate space. We are looking to obviously speak to architects, real estate agents, builders, developers. And here today we have the Talc Brothers. Welcome Michael and Paul from Talc Projects. Michael is the project manager of the company and Paul's the builder. Paul has been featured as a builder on the block in multiple seasons and they also have been developing their own projects. So guys, welcome. It's, it's an honor to have you guys on. and. Uh, I've obviously known you guys for a really long time on a friendship basis and I've been watching what you guys have been doing and it's, it's been insane. So I thought, you know what, there's no better people to get you guys first up to uh, obviously give us a bit of a rundown on how your journey's been and, and, and how, how we're here, what's been happening. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for that. Good to see you again. Um, crazy whirlwind of how, how we got here. So a um, bit of background. So... Um, Paul's the builder, I'm, I'm the project manager, but for, for a while we had different careers. Yeah, so then I, I was corporate, um, got my master's in um, business, and then offered voluntary redundancy. My brother just said, just take it and let's do something. We were in the middle of a development at the time, so we were building something in Thornbury, and Michael was kind of just doing all the back-end stuff, and we realized this is working well. We've, we smashed this build out, had a basement, it was our first basement, kind of the whole job came together so smoothly. I had my brother on the back end, I'd, I'd obviously never had that before, so I was, I'd done builds before that, I was mainly doing carpentry, but I was always struggling with the back end things, because being on site, managing the site, and then trying to manage the back end, it just, it's too much, and yeah. as a builder to try and do both, yeah. it's very, very hard. Yeah. So when I, I realized when Michael was there, that everything was just flowing so much easier, I could focus on on-site things without having to worry about the back end things. So we realized we had a good team like coming together so i think that so was quick took my redundancy and COVID hit so that was um challenging so you know starting a new career COVID had had hit and you kind of under the uncertainty but um very fortunate you know four years later that um i took the risk and we joined forces when you when you were looking to obviously take that risk like what were you feeling like what were you kind of telling yourself like what was going through your head oh you know having Having done corporate for so long and you know almost ten years, and then you could identify that um, the building industry and especially the small to medium scale that we are kind of missing that aspect. So I was quite confident that if we brought uh, systems and processes from the corporate world and interact that with you know the trades, that it'd be a really good combination. But just hesitant, uh, you know, because it's such a dynamic market. But fortunate enough to have good family. Uh, friends around us and and the business really took off really quickly and I think from that aspect it's um, it's all a referral business 
So yeah. nothing, we've never one word of advertising. It's all referrals. So we nailed the first job and they told a friend and mm. their friend told a friend and um, it snowballed very quickly. Even in regards to, I know you wanted to say something, Paul, but just quickly. No. So when you say corporate, were you like, were you project made? Was it, was it no, in construction? Or was it completely different. So it was, I was um, an optimization manager for a large insurance company. So yeah. um, I had gone from managing teams of a thousand to really wow. like high level corporate yeah. jobs for, you know, Telstra, this company called Tal, um, Origin Energy. So, um, you know, was able to really establish myself within that world and uh, it was a hu huge risk, but there comes a point where you just want to be your own boss. Yeah. Um, you want to take the lessons and learnings over a decade of working for a large employer and, you know, utilizing them in your own organization, in your own business, mm. um, which has been really, you know, I think, um, which we're very fortunate to be able to do. So that's a crazy dynamic. So then obviously you, when you jumped in with Paul, like was there much that you kind of had to learn or was it very similar principles? Everything. We don't overlap and I think that's, yeah. that's the, a great thing is my strengths are Paul's weaknesses mm. and Paul's weaknesses, uh, I'm sorry, Paul's strengths yeah, are my weaknesses. So we don't overlap and we've got really clear structure of who takes care of what and I think that's why it works so well. Yeah, it's crazy. At yeah. the start, obviously Michael came from a high paid job and I don't know if you remember, we didn't have any jobs on for a quite a while. Yeah, yeah. I think there was, Good we had an office and I think there was three months we had no work and I was feeling the pressure of, Michael had just left his high paid job mm. to join me in this building industry. <laughs> yeah. We had no jobs on yeah. and we just, we literally, we went to work every single day. We sat in this office, we planned future jobs, what we want to do, what's our processes. I think that's really the foundation of where we started to come. If it wasn't for that three months off, I don't think we'd be where we are today because we really started to build our processes. What is it that we wanted to do? Who was it that we wanted to be? And we established that first before we, we started to win jobs. And then we kind of already had that foundation back end completed. So it gave us the time to work on the business. Typically at the start, you're working in the business. Yeah. We had time to really work on the business. So I think that played a big part in where we are now and we kind of always have to bring ourselves back to say, all right, let's get the other people to work on the business. We need to work, sorry, in the business. We yeah. need to work on the business. Yeah. Take a step so I think back that, to go one step. Take a step back, yeah. slow it down a little bit, stop working in the business and start to work on the business. I think that played a massive part in, in our development. Well, that's crazy. And how have you, how have you guys been finding each other? Like, obviously you guys are, yeah, you're the project manager, you're the builder, but how do you find it? You guys clashing a lot, like you're killing each other or? We've never really fought yeah. our whole life, um, whether it's, um, you as know, brothers or as brothers. Yes, yeah, we, don't, we don't really fight. We might have a heated discussion every now and then about um, difference of opinion on things, but if you just consider it, um, you know, express how you're feeling consistently, yeah, and that's the key. If don't hold on to anything. If you, you have an issue, bring it up instantly mm. in a respectful way and then consider. And we can dis if you, you can respectfully disagree with something and still go forward. It's when yeah. you don't voice it and it festers. And one thing we've been doing lately is building each other up and, and celebrating the small successes. I think that's a big part of business is knowing that we went from X and now we're at Y and we needed to celebrate the whole way through. And even the small wins, like we literally came from nothing and now I think we're about to have nine projects on running at one time. So we're really, we're proud of what we've done. And, and I think it's about celebrating every success as you go. That's crazy. Even you guys, so you guys probably been around now 
Probably three, four, three. fourth year. Yeah, fourth yeah. year. Well, and how have you found like what's how long has it taken now for it to start just like snowballing and just mm. and just kind of run? Like like Paul said, like the first year or so, it was a, it's a struggle, but um, this isn't a business where. We, we speak to someone today and we start yeah, tomorrow. Exactly. Mm. It's cultivating, you know, it's yeah, most right. of our jobs, I'll be speaking for a year. Yeah. You know, they'll just say, I'm thinking about building, fantastic, let's touch base. Yeah. Where are you looking? Um, how much do you want to pay? Because we also offer a design and construct service and, you know, councils take a while. So, you know, minimum time from when we meet someone to when a job starts is a year. So it's taken a while, um, and it's still like we've, we 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 are scheduling jobs for twenty twenty five now. You know, twenty four, twenty five. That's how far back you need to yeah. really plan in this game. So you always need to, and then you just don't know that every opportunity is you know everyone. Every opportunity at some stage could come yeah. to fruition, and if it's not, they know someone anyway. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So uh, how, how many are you working? How many projects are you working? So we got we got about. Four live uh, by the end of the year would be about eight, and we're speaking to eight or nine yeah. other people yeah. who, who are looking at getting. And um, at some stage, we're just going to have to close our books because we work, we want to provide a high level of service. So it's not all about quantity; it's about quality yeah. as well. Yeah. So um, we like to maintain our business that we we're involved in every project. So although we've got a good team around us, we want that personal because everything's attention to detail. Someone. This is the most everyone, anyone would spend in their lifetime. You know, if you're spending between you know, 600,000 above, um, it's your biggest spend yeah. ever. So yeah. we, want, we treat it like yeah. it's the biggest investment yeah. someone's ever going to make. So the real minor details are really important to us. The, I, think, I think even as well, like just going into that, like the, what are you finding? Like what's the biggest, what's the biggest hurdles that people are, are kind of like, if, if you're, let's just say you were looking to... Uh, but if I was looking to come to you guys, like what are you, what are you guys finding are the biggest hurdles with, with people looking to develop or build it at the moment? I think just scarcity at the moment with price rises mm. is yeah. a thing that people are holding back. Um, in terms of uh, turn, uh, what sorry, um, in terms of the conversion of the job, I find that if someone's coming to us and they're serious, typically we would convert the job into a build. Um, I think that the tough part at the moment is price, yeah. uh, and it's it's fundamentally difficult uh, yeah. because uh, prices have, have drastically increased over the last twelve months yeah. um, due to COVID, and not sure what COVID has to do with price increases, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but but it has, and and it fluctuates so much, and it's, the people need to adjust. There's a new adjustment period. You know what used to cost four hundred now maybe yeah. costs five fifty, and it's. It's difficult from our end because um, we need to relay that information to them, but it's also difficult from them because wages haven't increased at the same rate as the prices increased, and along with interest rates, uh, and it's, it's difficult. So we, we try to um, implement some strategies for cost reduction yeah. while not um, impacting quality. So you know, you, 60% of your, your costs when you build a fixed, you know, it's your concrete, your, your, your steel, your timber, can't change that. Yeah. But you can be really thrifty on tile selection, floor selection, um, down lights, elect, you know, all those sorts of things. You, you can influence those. And we try to shop, we pride ourselves we, to know every, most stores in Melbourne and most our new innovative products that hopefully we can help these clients at least bring down the cost a little bit. 
What are you What are you finding? Like, what's I don't know. What's like a standout product? To, I don't know for like tiling or like what's the general feeling? Like, what vibes are people looking for? Like, well, what trends? I see a lot of um, curved walls. Yes, it's curved walls. Well. I think it's the dark stuff have kind of go out where it's dark concrete. The blacks have kind of faded away, and it's yep. more neutral tone. Neutral tone, so earthy tone, so light greys, uh, light creamy colours, very Mediterranean vibe mm. is, is very in at the moment. The, in regards to like, I don't know, like what are, the, what are tips for people if they're looking to, to build? Like what tips or what are you, what are you telling people at the moment? Oh, uh, for, I think, sorry, just start for it. One thing we're finding with clients and it's something that we recommend is have your builder involved in the design aspect. So we have had a lot of jobs come through our door and they've got an X budget, but they've designed it without speaking to the builder. Yep. And it's just like you, we want to build this $3 million <laughs> house for uh, 1 million. It's not realistic. So I think engaging a builder before you start to design, it plays a massive role in trying to hit that budget. So what are, so what are people, are people like, they would be just going to pick their own stuff or uh, how more, does, it's more yeah. of the design process. So, yeah. for example, even the size of the house. The size of like, the house. Yeah. The, the tip and, and the projects that have worked the best and have become the most, um, we call them optimized, mm. is when the architect and the builder collaborate on the design process. So, yeah. architects are really good at designing, but they don't yeah. understand the build process as well as we do. Um, mm. And there are small things that we can suggest on. Um, reducing the size of things and the span, which might save tens of thousands of dollars yep. because sometimes things are designed, but they can't be built that way. Mm. Uh, but biggest tips for people is probably around, it's always that design phase. It's really yeah. um, sp maybe spending a little bit extra, maybe three to 5,000 getting your architect to detail your internal elevations. Okay. So we might get floor plans, but people don't know what their bathrooms, their kitchens, etc., would look for. It's actually worthwhile spending that little bit extra and getting your internal elevations detailed. So then when the builder goes to build it, he's building from a set of plans, not from just a t discussion between two parties. Mm. Yeah. What are the common mistakes a homeowner's making uh, when, when they're looking to build? I think it's color choices. Again, unfortunately, it's, it's, it all comes down to the planning. Mm. And um, people, what we find some clients are hesitant and I, rightly so in paying that extra fee for interior design and, and etc yep. and think that they can, they can select those things so you know interior designer is probably important in the process especially when you, you're you've got a large budget you know a million dollars plus spending that little bit extra and getting the color palettes right mm. you can really see that things in the house don't flow as they should um, most clients aren't designers and mm. nor are we we can provide suggestions but People who've gone and studied this for three, four years yeah. and they're in on the latest trends and colours really can start to put your whole house together. Mm. Yeah. No, definitely. In saying that, has the average completion time increased by quite a lot? Obviously, I've read a few things on news.com.au with some statistics not, saying not for timbers us. blown out, mm. stuff like that. Is, has it, have you experienced any delays? At the start, so we're fortunate that there's two of us and yep. we've got different aspects yep. and the part I play is forecasting, scheduling. So if we know Timber is three month delay, yeah. we order it three months ago. Mm, so yeah, when exactly. I need it, it's it's there. And if we know, you know, you just it's just about planning. So the, our jobs got harder, but it shouldn't impact the build time. Mm. So our build times remain the same, maybe maybe a month, and 
that's probably an extra month, but that's because of COVID uh, material shortages and uh, trade shortages. And unfortunately now, and it's getting a little bit better because um, workers don't have to isolate for a week, but we're getting into stages where one person will get it, mm. everyone around him yeah, had to isolate, yeah, yeah. and then the next person will get it. So one company maybe didn't work for four weeks yeah. because they spread it around the organization. Yeah, <laughs> it was really hard, yeah, and now like the weather. Unfortunately, Melbourne's been. Yeah, this is it's been one of the wettest years on record. So, you know, if once our job gets delayed, he's got because we, we do a subcontractor model that he's got other builders that he needs yeah. to satisfy. So, if it rains one day, we've been pushed back, and then the next person's been pushed back. But the key I'm, is just planning. We're constantly trying to optimize our build times, and and really on on a job site, there should only ever be people on the site for three months. The rest of things is, is the waiting time in between. So realistically, three or four months of days on site is the actual build yep. time. It's that in between time of waiting. Week, so weeks. we're constantly trying to avoid that gap to ensure that we're building at the, our fastest yep. pace. Make sure it's rolling on. Make sure it's always rolling. A minimal yep. days off the site yep. is ideal. And also yep. we, we made a conscious decision to pay ourselves wages and not take money from the, the business yep. in order to build up equity in the organization so we can afford to pre-purchase stuff. So we've got a factory, we pre-purchase materials very early on uh, in order to keep the business running. So we found that um, a sacrifice from our end mm. allows our, our business to grow and we can service our clients better. Definitely. What, are, what hidden tasks and costs are involved in the building process? So when you start, for example, road closures, permits, um, you don't have to go too in-depth, but just small things no, like you, that. No, you hit it on the head. It's, like it's all those ex external services. Our build cost is always one thing, mm -hmm. but there's like uh, the pits yep. uh, at the front of the house, electrical pits, you know, they're probably $5,000 mm -hmm. and they all need new electrical pits. Your water connection, your gas connection, your internet connection, uh, council fees, crossover crossover permits. So the build cost is, is one, but there's maybe about twenty to 30000 of council services that always um, are overlooked. Mm. Um, so we try to always include them or provide an estimate for the client. So for example, if their budget's 600, we recommend we come in at 550. Mm. So they've got the funds, because we found a lot of times that these will come and I said, well, I've only got 600. I said, well, yeah. you've got these things to pay for. So yeah. we try to educate, and that's the biggest thing is education. Like we sometimes take for granted that we know the building game and mm. we think Inside it's second out. nature for everyone else <laughs> yeah. but really it's our whole role is education from the moment we meet them to the end it's it's consistently educating mm. them not only how much things cost but why it costs mm. and where it comes from and where's that being contributed to of course have you had like uh, I don't know any builders or you know, oh, sorry any any homeowners or something like that that have been looking to add like smart home technology into their properties or just anything of that sort. It's, yeah, it's funny you ask that question because actually the, we spoke with the Altman brothers a couple of weeks ago and we mentioned technology. And he actually went on about how he's not a big fan of it. So he actually doesn't think that it's, it's money well spent because you're not going to actually get more money for the house if you're trying to sell as a development. But essentially what he was saying is there's, a, there's an app on your phone that can, what was it? He was saying that can connect to your whole house. The recommendation is yeah. through the build process is wire the house to be a smart mm. house, but not to go and purchase the most expensive items. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because the wiring's the inexpensive part, um, but to make sure it's ready for that future 
capacity. But at this stage, no, we um, our clients haven't adopted that yet, no, but it's yet. it's it's coming. Um, I think little little new stuff like um, the doorbells that connect to the phone, mm. so they can see who's coming, and intercom yeah. systems. But the fully integrated like mm. curtains and um, lights and, and all that, no, not not yet. Has anyone like asked for it or not really? Like no one's even really. To, to be honest, no, not, yeah. not, not, not yet, not yet. Yeah. No, not yeah. Interesting. It's um, yeah, it's interesting. Like you look at, I don't know, you look at like four-year-old children, and it's it, it baffles me because if you actually watch them, all they do is like speak into the phone. They don't, um, obviously, or even going a bit older, even if they can type, they don't type. Mm. Um, so mm. I don't know. I always, I always kind of think like, are we going to get to that point? Where we're gonna have all these systems like you know, you're gonna have it in the shower and you're just gonna be like, hey, um, I don't know, voice, do yeah, do voice this activation, home. yeah, Sorry. voice activation home like or something it. like that, I yeah. Like so is that a thing? I don't even know. If it's no, a it's yeah. like it's not like I, yeah, I don't think like anyone's kind of doing it yet, but I can kind of see it um, happening. That's why I was like curious maybe to see if anyone's no, asked you to do it. I've read about it, and obviously, um, you know, I, I always like to keep up to date with. Uh, newest trends and yeah it, it's available it's all through Alexa yeah know, do this but it's um, our clients at this stage haven't yeah, requested no. so we don't have a lot of experience in it yeah mm. that's crazy because I think like a lot of these big a lot of these big corps Alexa and I think the Siri Alexa there's a few yeah, of them yeah like they're gonna eventually you'll probably just get to the point where you like if it does start taking off you'll be like hey uh, I don't know can you can you please order me some milk and then they'll send like their own version oh. of milk mm. Rather than like, a, <laughs> oh, it's a, no, I know it's a weird example. Yeah, clients are just uh, yeah. conspiracy theorists. They don't want people listening to yeah. their conversations. <laughs> so yeah, got away from that. It's mm. weird. So like, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that all that all evolves. Like, um, but yeah, if, if people start ordering it in homes, let me know. I'll, yeah. be, <laughs> I'll be I'll be I'll be bloody curious. Um, one thing I wanted to ask is obviously you mentioned the interview with Altman Brothers. Mm. How did you build that connection? Number one and two. What did you take away from it? From that essentially that that whole connection was just through a network yep. so a big part of this game and building and, and anything for that is is networking with people and we're constantly trying to up our network and that purely just came from a network of ours yeah, um, it's probably a good segue so yeah. so Toke project is our building entity but we also have a development group called the Levantine group um, our partners within that uh, were involved in bringing the Altman brothers down mm. um, so it was a good segue um, given we're in construction there in real estate, so we were able to get 20 minutes of their time, which was, was great, and we spoke about all things real estate, property, you know, how they got into the industry, um, great guys, and gave us um, really good answers about mm. things, and it's good to see how, you know, the, you know, LA's a little bit ahead of Melbourne in terms yeah. of their styling and building and, and selling, so we were hoping to take some of that content, release it to everybody, and but learn from it from mm. our, like if we want to be ahead of the game, there's some course, good content yeah. for us. But um, yeah, so our so the answer is our partners in our yeah, development group, Lemon mm. Time, were the guys that brought them down to, to Australia. And then, like, what was your what was your biggest takeaway? Like, what I don't know, what did you kind of get out of it? Where you were like, oh, that's um, that's interesting, or like, what was the whole vibe? Oh, it, was, the, it, oh, it was fun to meet them. So, but one thing that really resonated is when we asked them what their um, key trends are in upcoming homes and. What shouldn't happen? They were speaking like dining rooms, they're dead, no need for them in houses and you know, really got to put some grand uh, walking wardrobes in master bedrooms because mm. uh, we're going through design process for some of our, um, our own developments. We quickly called our architect and we're like, listen mate, 
bigger walk-in wardrobe. So yeah. it just it helped us reiterate things that we all already kind of knew, but yeah. we're hesitant on pulling the trigger on some things. Yeah. So we've, we've taken those lessons and put them on our own developments and tried to implement them. Do you feel like the, uh, do you feel like LA, yeah, they're ahead, obviously, but is it very different, like their style compared to our style? Like, did you get that vibe or like? I think they're just at an epic scale. You yeah, know? Um, I think their budget of builds and sales is a lot bigger than yeah. where we're at right now. So yeah, you know, they're million. They they, they start you know eight eight million dollars, and yeah. there's some houses you know eighty eight million plus. Mm. Right? They were speaking about um, uh, shooting range and underground basements. Yeah, it's a whole Not different five Not, million dollar swimming pool. Not, yeah, clubs, it's a whole different so, game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think the yeah. money, money there is yeah. just more than the money here. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. And going into going into networking, I think for anybody that's listening, uh, I think this this is actually a really good. It's actually a really good point that you made because I, I don't feel like a lot of people are going in, even if they are in a business or I don't know, just you're an average salesman or. If you're, if you're an average person that's looking to run your own business, or even if you are running your own business, I don't feel like they're putting enough of a standpoint on what networking can do. And I know you hear those, those things, tell me your network and oh, work at network, yeah, all yeah, those yeah. cliche mm. points. But I don't know if there's anything that you can, I don't know, provide some value on, on how, how you see networking, how it, and why don't I even just tips on what people can do if they don't even know how how do I network with people? Mm. Like, what, I don't it's know. just like it's funny because you just never know who you meet, what they do, and, and how in life you can come across them and may need them. So I think we're fortunate enough. We grew up in a really nice family with great parents, so we normally just treat everyone with respect mm. and. It's funny how like just in normal life you meet someone, you treat them with respect and then through your business network, you find out that they might be a concreter or a real estate agent and then you can leverage on that. So it comes up with just genuinely caring about people. Um, we obviously at some stage consciously did a network plan. So mm. we wanted to interact with architects and we wanted to interact with certain people. So we, we put a network plan together mm. and which was important to start to get our brand out there. but. Just be nice to people because you just yeah. never know at some point in your life where you might come across them and, and need them. So yeah. that's the number one tip, just be nice. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, there was that three to four month period where we had no work on and, and we made the conscious decision together to say, let's hit up 10 architects, maybe five of us, five of them got back to us and every fortnight we'd meet up, we'd take one for lunch. So obviously the architects are getting the jobs. And then they, they give in the jobs to the builders. So we started to consciously make the decision. All right, we know this architect, we know this architect, we know this architect. Let's take them out for lunch. Let's talk to them. Let's tell them what we're about. I think that played a big part. A lot of our jobs actually came from these architects. So it's about making that conscious decision to say, who is it that I need to talk to to get me to where I need to be? And then, and then networking, giving them a little bit of love, taking them for lunch, you know, connecting with them, constantly calling them. Even same with your clients. If you... Got a client they don't get back to, call them, see how you're going. Do you need do you need anything from me? Yeah. It's about following up and actually like pursuing the network. Yeah. And just like sh showing that you give a fuck. Yeah. In a sense. Showing that you so, like, Correct. It's it's not all yeah. sales, it's just yeah. it's just yeah. like, hey, I'm here, this is yeah. what I do. Yeah. Um, so if you need anything, it's it's a, a network is vice versa yeah. too. It's mm. not what can I have from you? It's like what service can I give back to you as well? 
Um, yeah, there's been times where I know my brother does a lot of the networking and there's been times where we've had a client interested, they don't end up going ahead with the build, but my brother will uphold that relationship and they end up recommending us through someone else and we actually have jobs on at the moment that are through that network, not through the actual person that we're trying to get the job, but they've now recommended other people to use us just because we've been friendly and, and showed face and continually tried to build that relationship. Yeah, Do you have like... I don't know, even if let's just say there's a builder that's listening to this, or they're a carpenter and mm. they're looking to become a, you know, go out on their own, like what's some advice that, that you'd have for, for people? Stick it out. Stick it out, be patient. One thing that me and my brother did from an early, early stage was we promised that 24 to 48 hours we'll pay our trades. And what does that do? We call them again to come, hey guys, we've got this job. They'll be there. They're, yeah. they're there. We pay, we pay you. We give you the respect of paying you. They give us the respect of coming. And when we need you, they'll be there. So I think that's a big part in like looking after your, the people that you're working with you and paying them on time. I think that plays a, a massive role in why we've been able to you know, build such a network of trades because we look after them. And I think that's very important. And it's something that... It's just put, put, in a, put in a strategy. We've got key yeah. pillars to our business and we, we try to stick to them. Uh, I think if you're going out on your own... Um, you know, have have some have some key pillars. Yeah. You know, key things is money. You got you got to have the right funds. I know people in, in construction. We might get a big payday one day, but go six months without it. Yeah. It's how do you preserve that um, and not see a large figure in your bank account and go, oh wow, let's get a new car, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, a, jet, a jet ski yeah. and a boat. Yeah. You know, and that's why we made it yeah. that we're on wages and the money First stays class in the to Europe. Yeah, <laughs> blowing in Mykonos. Because we only get paid four times a year. You know, it's really yeah. not um, that yeah. glamorous yeah. thing. You might look at it and it yeah. dwindles. So it's just be patient. It's a very patient game. It's a three to five year mm. um, to at least establish yourself and be nice, pay your trades, be punctual. You know, tradesmen's got the worst. I don't know, I've never understood coming from corporate that traders just got the worst reputation and building, being not, not on time, not showing up. It's really simple, <laughs> yeah. basic stuff. Like, you tell a client you're going to be there at one, rock up at five to one yeah, yeah, and yeah. watch how amazed they are. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's such a little thing, be punctual, answer your phone. You know, we get jobs because I've called someone when I said I was going to call them. They're mm. like, oh, you're the only builder that called me back. Yeah. I'm like, well, what do you mean? That's crazy. So, well, we, we, we inquired with four, you're the only one that called me. I said, fantastic. <laughs> how do we proceed? So, you know, just be a man of your word if you can't do something be honest if you can't make an appointment tell them truthfully mm. um really simple basic human yeah. stuff but it's um and i think it's, that comes to taking on too much i know we had a dig at trades but when you uh, over commit to some things yeah. it's mm. probably try not to take on too much stick within that aspect and mm. you get a good reputation B builders it's a complete reputation game you you do something wrong in someone's house and they tell their family yeah. and friends um, your reputation's yeah. damaged forever and it's probably hard to recover. Do you know what, like, something that really interests me about trades in general, which, I don't know, I'm sure you guys could probably assist in this. I look at, like, let's just use real estate, for, real estate agents, for example. Some agents said that at one time could have 30, 30 sales you know, on the go, 20 sales on the go, and you, we're, never, we're never saying no. Never, like, we'll always pick up the job, we'll always, and it's always a situation of, you know, once you get to a level, you'll get a PA and then, you know, you'll look to just keep growing that team where I feel like trades in general, they don't like they'll, and I could be, maybe it's just a thing, but I always feel like you get a lot of them like, oh, we've got too much. 
were too much on the go and they kind of just cap it there and they kind of like reject the job. Is that just maybe like an personal experience yeah. that I've kind of had? Or, no, or I just think it's something that I mentioned earlier is they're yeah. so busy working yeah. in the business that yeah. they can't work on the business. And, yeah, and yeah. how are they going to hire that PA when they have no time? They're physically building the structure yeah. and they're there. They have no time to liaise. They have no time to grow. So yeah. a big part of growing your business is actually not working inside the business. You have to work on. You have to hire people. You have to... Be, um, bringing on new jobs. It's, you can't be working on a job when you're trying to win jobs for next year. You have to yeah. physically be trying to win these jobs that are in the future. So if I'm constantly working on only what I'm working on, I can't grow. And I feel it, it is hard for the trades because real estate agents, they're not physically labor. Yeah. So yeah. the trade, and, and you've got your phone to call, they're working, like for example, a carpenter's physically working yeah. on a house. Mm. He can't be answering his phone consistently. And yeah, there's, yeah. there's only a certain amount of hours in a day before they get tired. Yeah. Um, and it just reiterates um, you know, our gratefulness for each other because I think neither of us would be successful in this particular industry if we didn't have yeah. the other person. Yeah. So yeah. my brother is a gun builder and carpenter, but admin side, it's not his strength, but he hasn't had to. Yeah. Mm. How can you be good at something when you've never had to do it? Yeah. Uh, from my end, you know, horrible carpenter. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but I can do all the back end yeah, uh, business yeah. stuff really well because that's what I'm trained in. Yeah. So, and then it would take me five years to get to where my brother is, and then my business admin side would suffer. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's it, we're just fortunate enough to have that, and I think that's what makes Toke Projects really good. It's um, it's us, you know, we are Toke Projects, and, mm. and I think we make it what it is, and, and fortunate to have each other. So that's interesting. So uh, pretty much just pretty much basing it down to is literally stop working in the business and work on the business and let's just say obviously not everyone out there has a brother or yeah. they might struggle to get a partner that they could do that because it's hard to find a partner which yeah. you think is gonna give a fuck about the business yeah. or give some level of it and even be good so what i don't know what could someone be doing if they're a if they're a builder mm. um, and they're they're stuck like I don't know I think obviously we spoke about it earlier and it comes unfortunately we don't speak about money a lot but it's it's sacrificing your own little bit of money yeah. at the start and yeah. employing yeah. the like, uh, builders are running multi million dollar businesses any other uh, corporation that's turning over three to five million dollars worth of money has five six people employed yeah. in the organization. Mm. The builder sometimes is the lone person who's employed in the business. So if you have one person running a large corporate organization, it's not going to work. And I mm. think they need to start framing it as an organization. It's a business that you need to have the appropriate amount of people yeah. working in it. So if, if my brother didn't have me, I'd be recommending him. He hired somebody to mm. do that role. Take a, take a pay cut, um, employ that person because... In three years, you could triple your your income and supplement that person. And it's it's hard to get into that mind frame because mm. um, a lot of builders go from a chippy to a builder. They've run their own crew and they transition there. So I think it could be more education through the process of you know biz, the business side for builders. You know, it's very much on how to build a home. But being a builder is fifty percent building a home but fifty percent business skills. Mm, yeah. So I think potentially in the whole education process becoming a builder, maybe more emphasis on business skills, not mm. just how to be a really good builder. Yeah, it's a good point. No, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. even you yeah, it is it's like a whole different skill set in which mm. they're all they, they can 
they can hit the hammer and, mm. and, and, and put the frames up and build the home, but it's a whole different thing that they need to learn. I feel like, like being outside, I feel for them because like, and I don't know for my brother, he was never given the skills. He was never taught the skills. So yeah. you don't know something until you're taught it. So yeah. how, how are you expected them to know something yeah. when they're never educated on it? I think yeah. something like 60, 70% of builders go bankrupt and it's exactly because what he's saying is yeah. the business side of things, it's it's not there. It's yeah. literally, you think that, they think they're only building a house, they're using hammer and nail, but that's not, that plays only half the part. Whereas the other half is you need to run a business. And that's why, unfortunately, so many builders are not successful. Talking about like people, uh, builders that are going bankrupt. How do you guys go? Like, I, I obviously I've got I've got no experience in building, but what scares me the most is like, imagine you guys have to quote a quote a build which is six hundred k. Well, you, that's what you think, mm. but then really it's eight hundred k. Like, we've yeah, been there. We've been, oh, there. Yeah, yeah. we've been there. That's just like yeah. No, so we've been there. COVID was the worst. Obviously, mm. you need to have really good um so we've recently like we said employing people i used to do all the quotes but i'm not an expert at it so we we employed an office admin who is an expert at estimating um to help with our skill sets but during covid we quoted few few jobs fixed price and it's a freak occurrence where it hit and materials doubled mm -hmm. um we literally lost you know hundreds of thousands of dollars um during these projects um because of it, and that's unforeseen circumstances. Um, yeah. uh, but you just need to be real thrifty. We had to work longer hours, and instead of hiring a carpenter, my brother had to revert back and doing mm. the work because we couldn't get him, and going to the wholesaler and buying cheap stuff. You just had to yeah. do what you, you had to just grind it out. Um, we'd like to think that COVID's not gonna happen again, and you're not gonna be stuck in that instance. And yeah, and you try to forecast it too, mm. so, you know, we, we like to try to forecast what's going to happen in the next 12, so if a build's going to take 12 months, we like to speak to the supplier, say, all right, what's the price today, but what's the price going to be in six months' time, uh, and scale things to that, so, because we, we, we want to be fair on our pricing too, so we don't want to just add money to the quote unnecessarily, because we really pride ourselves on not being the cheapest, but not being the most expensive, but being the biggest value builder, mm. where we can... Um, give it a great premium product for a good price. Um, so there's a lot, it's a lot of working pieces basically, but yes, it is a fear of ours too. Yeah. And then um, through, through those mistakes, we then adopted some new systems and processes. So for every line item in the building that we lost money on, we now would create that as a provisional sum. So what a provisional sum is, if the price fluctuates, so if the price goes down, we refund you your money. If the price goes up, you need to, it's a part of the contract that you need to pay the extra. Yep. So I think it was about ad adopting quick. You need to learn, oh, right, so we got, we got done on this. What can we do in the future to ensure that that doesn't happen again? Yeah. So there's maybe 10 line items in our, in our contracts now that are provisional sums. So they kind of fluctuate with the building costs, which saves us from losing. So it's more, so it's two, two things. It's more raw, raw um, materials. So at the time, timber, um, steel rise and Windows, fall yeah. uh, very quickly. But also, like we spoke about earlier, we upgraded our factory. So at the start of a job, we like to purchase most things that we think are going to fluctuate in advance because mm. we never want to charge the client anymore. So we try to do whatever we can in our capacity to avoid that. And that's what comes with um, you know, spending big early, mm. purchasing them, storing them. So when the time comes, there is no yeah. extra price because yeah. we purchase things early up. Yeah. The, mm. what, what is the feel going into next year? 
uh, prices on material going up? Is it going down? Like, what's the? Rent 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 supposed yeah. to drop. How, how long is the piece of string? Okay. Um, yeah. It's yeah. so difficult because there's so many variable factors, and this isn't an economics yeah. um, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's inflation More. and and our <laughs> currency costs because Australia makes all their own materials and then just import exports them out and then yeah. we import in. Yeah. So it's there's so many variable factors. I hope for all our clients' sake that materials do go down because it's been tough for them. You know, for for us, yeah. you know, thankfully um, we we charge them and they pay. So it doesn't really impact us greatly, but it impacts the, the mum mm. and dads who saved all their lives to get the, the, yeah. the cash together. Then all of a sudden, I've, we've got to go to them. Sorry, materials have gone up. It's yeah. an extra twenty five thousand. Mm. It's unfortunate. So I hope. I really don't see it happening. I've never seen a price decrease. I don't know if you've got us out. You know, once a company's used to making this, that's <laughs> it. <it's done>. <laughs> but at least hope this is the new norm. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's no increases. Plateaus. This just plateaus. At least mm. we can provide some stability. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're also working on some of your own projects at the moment. How have you guys found that? You want to take that one? <laughs> yeah, look, dealing with, um, dealing with council is probably the biggest hurdle. Yeah. So just always complying with what they want. We're constantly back and forth. You might be in council for yeah. 12 months, maybe sometimes longer. So for us, that's the biggest pain is just trying to get through council. And then once you're, once you're past council, it's, it's, a, it's a good process. I think me and my brother, we love the design aspect. So we love getting hands-on early on with, you know, the actual design aspect. So not only are we building, we're actually designing yeah. what we're building, which plays a massive part in the whole development. So like Michael said earlier, just adding the bigger walk-in wardrobe because we have the opportunity to mm. removing the dining room if we have to, to make bigger areas elsewhere. So I think that plays a big part in, in the development is being able to shift and move things and not just building it, being able to design it also. Um, it's a lengthy process. Um, probably would like it to be a little bit quicker. So yeah. from from trying to identify a property that has value of a knockdown rebuild or two, you know, we probably only want to do um, one house or luxury duplex. Yeah. We've gone away from multi dwellings because it allows us to have a design flair. We want to create one off bespoke pieces that someone falls in love with, not that there's seven or eight of yeah. the same ones. Yeah. So trying to identify the property, getting it for the price you want to get it for to ensure that there's value in it. Then the design process, the council process, um, getting the loans from the bank to build. It, it, most of them are a three to five year proposition. You're probably not seeing any money till about five years because then you've got to sell them. They've got to settle. So um, that transition is quite lengthy, but we're kind of at the fourth year with three of them. So mm. really excited that in the next 12 months, Toke Projects slash Leventine Group will have about three different um, bespoke architectural stuff coming up predominantly in the north too which is great that's crazy the uh what are you what are you guys finding like how do you find obviously developing um your own stuff is it something that you want to focus on more down the track or how do you we're passionate about both yeah. so we like it's hard to juggle both we like like... It, but, uh, i know it's corny but, <laughs> yeah you know when you build someone their dream home and yeah. they've saved all their money to and you got that interaction with them and you're working daily with them it's a really good feeling yeah. Um, helping somebody have their dream come true, but at the same time, sometimes their design intent and their mm. choice of material isn't our design taste. Yeah. So that's kind of where our passion lies, where we want to 
we can see and visualize things of what we want them to look and follow these latest trends and we want to build these really unique homes that are high quality that someone else can take so our passion is with our own developments but we do love the clients so it's a 50 50 split to be honest at the moment we're probably 80 client 20 our own um we have a strategy to get to 50 50 but we'll always want to involve ourselves in the community and giving back and, and building people their dream homes that's amazing like what's the I don't know, for anyone that's uh, watching this, they could be aspiring developers or they might be just starting the process now to buy something or maybe they're, they're I don't know, maybe they're in, in, I don't they could be anything. They could literally be in council, whatever it is. Like, what's some advice? Tips. Yeah, some tips that you got. Do it. Prices aren't going down. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of family and friends say, oh, I'll wait for the market to, to go down mm. and then I'll go into it. <laughs> just get it done like... To time the market is like to time the shares. It's, it's impossible yeah. to time. You guys are in real estate. Can you yeah, time the market? No, no. no. And then, yeah. you know, three or four years later, you hear from, oh, I should have bought that property. Yeah. It was a bargain. Yeah, At the time, you told me it was too expensive. And then three yeah. years later, it's the same thing. So again. just yeah. just start it. Go start seeing a um, financial advisor. See what you can borrow. Don't overspend. Don't overcapitalize. You know, do one you know, really small and work your way up. Start renovating a one bedroom apartment. You know, make your 40,000 and then progressively work your way. But the biggest tip is start and start yeah. today, um, because if you don't, then you're just never gonna you're gonna fall Switch behind the eight ball. Yeah, if you look at literally like the worst times in the market, like when COVID just hit, or I don't know, like I think just after in 2018 or 2019 after the elections, there was a period for six to 12 months where no one was purchasing. Um, and if anyone that did purchase in there, like they jumped out and the property was worth just like some you people. You just had to have big, you know, you had to be very confident and because a lot of people didn't have jobs or they had no financial security to then go purchase a home at that time was very difficult. Yeah, literally. Um, uh, and if you literally do purchase within these times, you don't know. We don't know if the bottom's in. We don't know if it's going to drop another 10, 20%. Exactly. You know, the market, I don't know, you hear, you listen to the media, there's... I think they're saying what, another 10% drop or something coming all next year. Have you, you found it's dropped? It's, it's interesting. Like, I feel like we'd, we'd hit a bottom around May, June, May, June, July of this year. You know, so we'd gone up 20% last year. Then I feel like we'd, we'd, found a, we'd dropped about 10% and we were, we were following at a bottom. And then now the market has picked up a little bit, a couple percent. But only in the last week or two do I feel like for the whole year, there hasn't been an influx of stock. There hasn't been a lot of stock yeah. in the market. Mm. So I feel like if you are interested in buying, there hasn't been a big pull. Where over the last week or two, there's been a lot of property hit the market. So this is going to be interesting to see the next four to six weeks if it holds up or not. Mm. And I've already seen like there's a property on, there's a, there's a property on Christmas Street, for example, they were they were they were quoting one two to one three, and now they've dropped their quote halfway through the campaign one one to one two, um, and I, I, so it's going to be very interesting to see now that if there is a lot of stock, how it's going to affect. Do you think there's a difference in um, a standard run of the mill home with the market and then these one off, of course, bespoke homes? Hundred uh, percent. Is it because whatever someone's willing to pay for it that they? That they are like um... yeah. I still feel like, especially like homes in let's just use North Fairfield, Thornbury, Alfington as an example. There was one. There hasn't been many. If you look at let's just talk Northgate over the four mil mark. There's there's been a couple, 
There's been a couple this year, there hasn't been many, and every single one that I feel that has gone to auction has, or has gone to the market has achieved a really good price because there are still people at that level and you know there isn't much. Mm. Like there was one at the start of the year, oh, I was probably, I don't know, May, May or June in Thames Street, Northcote, where I didn't really feel like it was a really good home. And, and it went for a four point something mil. And I was looking at it like, oh, that's, um, that's very interesting. So it's, I think at that level, like we haven't seen much. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too sure, um, like Bayside or, or anything like that, exactly how that yeah. market's been affected there. Um, I'd be lying if I answered that. But in this pocket, it's been okay. But I think the next four to six weeks will be a really good indicator to see yeah. what's going on. And if things aren't selling or if things aren't getting crazy prices, um, then I think next year could be very interesting. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, like you said, how long is a piece of string? Like, do we, I don't feel bottoms in, but it's, it's always hard as well. Like, you know, they, America's obviously in a re recession, you know, uh, how, we, how are we kind of affected? Like, do we, like if you look at in 2008 when the Lehman Brothers filed for bankruptcy and that collapsed the market, yeah, right here in Australia, I wasn't, I wasn't in the market, but from what I've done my research in, from 2008 to 2010, it was slow. It wasn't like we weren't, not everybody was freaking out, like, oh my God, so it, but it was slow. So looking into America, I feel like they're, obviously, the, the government's been is coming out and saying that they're not in a recession when they clearly are. They've completely changed the wording of what a recession means. Pre-recession or something. Yeah, like so a recession is obviously two quarters of negative yeah. Um, uh, you know, a, a negative uh, rate, and then now the yeah. government's now kind of said, no, no, that's not what a recession means. Mm. So they've got their midterms coming up in the next month. So what people think is they're obviously just trying to push this out, and just so they can, I don't even know what a midterm. You're political means. on this podcast. No, yeah. I'm, just like, I'm just always trying to. I'm, I, don't, I could be completely wrong, but I'm always just trying to get a good gauge yeah. to see to see what's going on. So pretty much like you said, man, like it's. If you're if you're in the market like and you've got the funds, just buy, man. Yeah, mm -hmm. it might drop five to five to ten percent, but just buy and just okay, start developing. So I think it's uh, uh, you guys are you guys have got it. Just fucking swing, but it takes courage. Man. Yeah, but like, like start small. You don't yeah. have to overcapitalize, yeah. and that's the problem. Yeah. Don't um, spend every penny. Start small and, and work your way up. It's it's a it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, one thing I want to, well, there's two, two more things that I kind of want to touch on. One thing is just about the, you guys talked about how pay your trades. Now, do people not like pay their trades? Like what's the issue there? Like what, what, how does it work? Paul Stark, cause he's a chippy and, and he can, cause it's, it's the ideas come from him. Yeah. So I'm implemented this idea early on and because I was a trader and I like to be paid when I put an invoice in typically I was always paid on time and I like that so if someone paid me on time I adopted like oh I'll look after that person right, so it's you not know, an issue in the industry or well I do hear from a lot of our trades that oh we love working for you guys you always pay on time this guy I've put in the invoice hasn't been paid for six weeks or eight weeks yeah. whatever it is they're feeding their families for that eight weeks without getting paid yeah so we just implemented it early on like I want to pay my trades on the day and you know what and it's worked every time we pay someone they freak out they're like I think how, where it starts from is builders get paid four times per job. It's per mm. stage yeah. and you get, I don't know if everyone knows, you get reverse paid. So you complete the work, you pay for everything, 
then and the then client reviews follow. it, then you get paid back. Yeah. So you're always upfronting money for the build. Yeah. So I might do the frame stage, it might cost me 150,000. I've got to outlay that. I might have some people on account, whatever it is, mm. but then the bank comes, looks at the frame, approves yeah. it, and then releases the funds. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of the time these builders, if not managing funds well, or mm. doesn't, or have been taking money out of the bank, like we said, you get 250, you think you're rich, you're really not. <laughs> If they're not managing that well, they'll get to a point that until the bank pays them, they don't actually have the physical funds to then pay the, on, yeah. on pay the trade. So through my brother's experience, and again, Keith reiterated, we took that, said, all right, stuff that, let's take a wage, all the money stays in the business, let's treat this like a corporation, not a, like a mum and dad run business. It's a full corporation, you don't take money from the business. The business now has a kitty to be able to pay trades, pay um, suppliers, uh, get things up early and that's been really fundamental so unfortunately again coming from corporate I didn't quite understand and similar yeah. to I can see the look on your face you're like what the guys did work they don't get paid mm. and I didn't quite get it either I was like well so that's our principle if you do you send us an invoice seven days we'll pay you in two yeah. like um, it's just a courtesy also They've, a lot of guys spent two three weeks on our job uh, worked long hours they get, dis they get disgruntled. If yeah. you're not paying on time and you're delayed, they're really disgruntled. So again, not all other builders have their own systems and processes, but you can see how they couldn't because of how our payment structure works. So we just made a conscious decision on how to run our business that way. Is that like, do you feel like this is a, this is like a really big industry problem? Huge, yeah, huge industry problem. Um, Managing cash flow in, a, in an organization like that when you get minimal money is difficult. Mm. How, um, is there a way, do you feel like there's a way, I don't wanna, you guys have got a pretty down pat, but do you feel like there's a way that, I don't know, could be invented or just something, or just is there a body or something at all that can kind of like manage all these, like this issue so then people can get paid on time? It comes down to that business, um, Intellectual stuff, because I know that the bigger guys probably don't have this 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 um, issue. But when you're a small startup, understanding um, cash what cash flow is and understanding payment terms and, and all those business elements is is really critical. Um, so there could there could be a body, and I'm sure there's a lot of disputes from trades to builders and, and trades and yeah. um, homeowners it's a, there's a lot of um, that but yeah it's probably something that could be addressed definitely and one thing that I've been told a lot is is someone's being promised money so they're what they're waiting on money and the builders promising them money but they don't get it for it they say next week but it's eight weeks yeah. I think just being transparent saying mm. hey I'll get this coming in, in eight weeks I can maybe give you a couple grand but it's actually not coming for eight weeks yeah. instead of stringing them along saying yeah, yeah. next week tomorrow Morning, tomorrow yeah. and yeah. that when you that's when it becomes an issue because you're lying to the tradies. Yeah. You're saying, yeah, it's coming, yeah, it's coming. And then you know it's not coming for eight weeks. Yeah. Be transparent. Give them what, they, what you can. If you can't, tell them, hey, it's coming in eight weeks. I'm so sorry. Tell them before the job starts, this is when we can get paid. Are you able to complete the job? Otherwise, I have to get someone else. So just being honest. Being honest yeah. is, is a big but role in, in this. I think it's just a, a life thing, like overextending yourself, like mm. getting that newest car, buying the jet ski and going on these fancy Europe holidays when really the funds aren't available. Yeah. Like builders aren't the only ones that are caught in that of trap. Course, it's, of it's, a, it's everyone. It's everyone. The yeah, only everyone thing the builder has that others don't is they get a, a large sum to that's supposed to carry them through yeah. the whole yeah. build. So they have access to it early. 
but it's society in general yeah. like yeah it's this show pony type yeah. thing so yeah. we all need to change yeah of course of course and um yeah pretty much the final thing that i just wanted to kind of touch on was paul obviously i think this could, this could probably go this goes tied into the whole networking thing you you know jumping on the block mm. um now you were you were pretty much a main builder for the block i think you